family. We are the Ribbles. I'm Sean. I'm Brittany. I'm Charlotte, and this is Samuel. We want to share with you our story of faith, redemption, and life-changing prayers. In early January of 2020, I received a message and subsequent phone call from the, that dramatically altered our lives for the better. We just didn't know it yet. The phone call was from the mother of a childhood friend, someone that I had not spoken to in 15 years. She was calling on behalf of a friend whose niece was pregnant and seeking adoption for her baby. She asked, would you like to adopt their baby? Or do you know someone that would? My maternal heart said yes, but not out loud. Sean said no, out loud more than once. <laughs> when I told him what I knew from the conversation, he immediately started to brainstorm people we knew that may be willing to adopt this child. We quickly realized we were not on the same page but because our God is wonderful, this phone call happened the day before our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We agreed to give it 21 days of intentional prayer. We prayed about it separately, together as a couple with Charlotte. And let me tell you, this gets powerful. We made a list of every obstacle we saw in our way, and there were many. Logistics of a fifth child since we had four children at the time, financing of a domestic private adoption, a short timeline, possible health issues, two states separating us from the birth mother, two clueless parents who didn't know where we were to even start, and anxious hearts terrified to say yes to such uncertainty. But God was working even when we couldn't see it. To look back on it now is a profound privilege to bask in the amazing work he did for us. We prayed each day about these specific situations that appeared to us as mountains, and we watched in awe as each one was moved from our sight. As the three weeks pressed on, our hearts changed dramatically, and Sean and I were finally on the same page about our answer to the question, will you adopt this child? On January the 26th, 2020, we said yes to adopting Samuel. For those close to us, you know that God continued to provide strength and patience that surpassed our understanding as we approached the day of Samuel's birth. We felt covered by the prayer of our friends and family each step of the way, and because of those prayers, we have the opportunity to be here with you today and dedicate this child to God. As a mother, I pray that I will consistently seek God in everything as I parent the children that he has entrusted to me. I pray that I will give as much grace as I have received from the Lord and provide a steady example of faith and strength to them, ultimately leading them to be godly people who seek wisdom from the Lord above everything. As a father, I pray that I raise godly children and guide them in a way they should go. I pray that I am kind, loving, and forgiving father to my children, and in turn they are kind, loving, and forgiving to others. We welcome our family and friends to pray with us today. God, we thank you for the miraculous way you brought Samuel into our lives, and pray for protection over Samuel and Charlotte. Guide us as parents as we are sure to stumble along the way, and bring us constant reminders to give and receive grace freely. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you, First City family. We love you. So, welcome to the stage with me, the Ribbles. So, you heard a little bit about their story and how it really started during the 21 days of prayer last year, and it has really changed your family. And look at Samuel, he's just sleeping. Passed out. The video was great. So, Sean, introduce your family. Well, I mean, I'm Sean, obviously, Brittany and Charlotte and Sam. Um, and it was really interesting back a year ago, 
looking for something to pray about for 21 days, <laughs> and God just kind of threw it in our laps, and it worked out really, really well as a compromise just because <laughs> we weren't on the same page. <laughs> and so, obviously, it worked out really well. While she's getting ready, Sorry, I believe that <laughs> the, the foster ministry, foster care ministry has done a lot, you know, for in a lot of families, and especially your family, because when you started this prayer, you were also fostering some other children in your home, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then the phone call, and so y'all started praying about it, yep. and God moved you from different pages and concerns and, mm-hmm. and fears, and what, what will that mean? And then through all the prayer in the 21 days, he just brought everything together. Mm-hmm. So you can share more. So when we started this, um, Sean mentioned in the video, we had a lot of obstacles ahead of us. And so we actually sat down and wrote out a list of everything that we felt stood in our way. Sorry. <laughs> everything that we saw as an obstacle in our way. And God just really said, no, that's not a problem. That's okay. We're going to take care of this. And I don't even know how all of these things happen because 21 days is actually really, really short. And so, okay, sorry. He has to coach me. <laughs> so we just watched as all these things that were just monumentous obstacles and challenges were moved out of the way. And at the time that we found out about Samuel, we had four children in our home. And I've always said, I will not drive a minivan. I will not. <laughs> and so I can't fit a fifth child in this car. I have to, something has to happen here. And of course, I would drive a minivan if I had to. But <laughs> that was one of our obstacles was we didn't feel like we were equipped for a fifth child. And so we, we prayed about it. We just said, you know, if this is what you have for us, if this is what um, our family is going to look like, show us the way show us what you want us to do and how all this is going to happen and we had so much support from our family and from our friends and a lot of you that were walked really closely with us during this journey know that every single day almost there was something that we had to write down like we have to write this down this is a god moment and so our end result our sleeping beautiful baby <laughs> Um, we just really want to take this time to dedicate him back to the Lord because we know that without, without those 21 days of intentional prayer and the guidance that we received throughout the way, this would not have happened. So for those of you who are new to First City, we love doing uh, child dedications and family dedications. COVID has really changed a lot about how we do all of that. But today, as a family of God... We're going to dedicate this family, the parents, and their uh, commitment to their son, to their daughter, and Charlotte's, you know, commitment to her little brother and her parents, and then for God's protection over Samuel. Now, typically, when we've done this, before COVID changed everything, the family would come down, everybody would come down and lay their hands on them, and we would all just circle up and have one prayer, but since... We have some of those challenges right now. It's going to look a little different. So here in just a second, I'm going to ask that you stand with me. And then everybody in the, in, in the house here, just stand. And then just reach out your hand or two hands. It might feel like Frankenstein. But all I want you to do is just, just extend your hand as a symbol of we are with you. 
And then for those of you who are watching, you know, online, thank you for joining us today. But just extend your hand toward the television just as a symbol that we are together. We're in this together. And as a family, one family of God, and that we support the Ribbles. Is there anything else specifically you would like for us to pray for, Samuel, and your family? Um, I think our biggest thing is just protection. We know that God allowed Samuel into our family for a reason, and we know that God has blessed us with Charlotte for um, that same reason. And so we just want protection for our children and for them to always know that they are loved and for them to extend that same love to others. Amen. Okay. Come stand right here front and center. Stand up if you're in the house. And uh, for those of you who are watching online, just go ahead and extend your hands your, toward them as just a symbol of we are with you. And look at that. Look at that. That is so amazing. Thank you so much. Let's just pray. Lord God, you honored their prayers. You changed their family. And you brought blessing into their home. And that blessing is named Samuel. Thank you, Lord God, for the amazing ways that you lead us, you lead our families, you guide us into futures. Oftentimes, we have no idea where you're leading, but once we just give everything over to you, you lead us exactly where you want us to go. We trust that and believe that, and we want to tell you thank you. Lord God, I want to honor their prayer and ask for protection over their family, protection over Samuel and his life as he discovers the gifts that you have given him and how he will use them in your kingdom. Protection over Charlotte as she's the older sister and will keep her little brother from danger, from trouble, and, and show him how to honor his parents. And for Sean and Brittany, that you will continue to keep them united on the same page in the same direction. The protection over their home and how you will use their family powerfully and mighty in your kingdom as they are already doing. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the kindness. Thank you for the forgiveness. Thank you, God, that we know you said, I will direct your paths. I will go before you and smooth out the path so that you will make it home one day to heaven. We love you for that. And as a family, we stand together united. We extend our hand as a symbol that we are with this family and that whatever they need from us will help cover and that we accept their love back to us. And together as a family, united in one, we love you and say thank you in the powerful name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. God bless you. Thank you. So open up your Bibles to Ezra chapter 8. We're going to be in Ezra chapter 8. Now the 21 days of prayer, for those of you who are new to First City and you haven't gone through this with us, we've been doing this several years now where we be, every year in January we stop most of the programming, we try to slow things down and really only focus on these 21 days and we began to ask God, okay, what do you want to do with our life? What do you want to do with our church? What do you want to do with us individually and collectively? And we pause everything just to get a glimpse of God and to stop and say, this is the time where we focus on you and what you would have for us. And so this year, we have chosen this theme called Today I Choose. And so every day it will be different. The first week looks like this. 
today I choose, and we have chosen the fruit of the Spirit. And so in Galatians 5, you can read the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And then there are two other, others that are going to go into next week with gentleness and self-control. But every day is going to be something different. So the idea is to begin by just asking for more of God. God, I want more of you. And I'm willing just to pause in my day intentionally in prayer and in something that I'm going to give up, whatever it is that you choose. We'll talk about more of that here in just a second. Something that I want to give up to make more room for you in my life. We all have things that we fill our life up with. And, and, and as we fill our life up and we just go, if, if we're not careful, we crowd out more of the things of God. And so this is where we intentionally insert God back into the picture. I'm going to give up something so that I will focus more on what it is that God wants me to do. And so the first week is really the prayer for more of the Holy Spirit. You know, Acts 2.38, he says, you know, when all these people were cut to the heart about their life and what they had done to Jesus, you know, Peter said, if you'll repent, you know, and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, God will give you this gift of the Holy Spirit. And so it's a gift from God. And love only comes from the Holy Spirit, joy and peace. And so if you're not plugged into the Holy Spirit, you're missing out on, these, on, on, on this gift that he gives you. And so today, we begin with today, okay, uh, God, I want to I more love in my life. I want to act in every way more loving. So starting this moment, you know, you'll be saying, okay, so in every way that I can, I want to demonstrate love. I want to show love. When I'm tempted to not, I'll stop. And I want to just show love in every way I can all day long. In my words, in my actions, in my thoughts, in my smiles. Just, I just want to show love and just demonstrate that all day long. I'm asking for more of that. And then tomorrow, you know, if God allows tomorrow when the sun comes up, we'll pray for more joy. How do we demonstrate joy? And so every day... We really gave simple definitions of all that. Tyler has put all that stuff on our social media. And so you can just swipe. And the first is a simple definition. Now, what I did is I just went on the Internet and I found simple definitions for these biblical meanings behind all these words. And it's really only meant to be a seed. It's only meant to be the beginning point where you can get a simple understanding of what each day is, what each word means, and then a simple prayer that will just get you started. You can pray it several times during the day. I want to encourage you just to go and find more information about each word, each theme for each day. And then live that out all day long. And then at the end of the 21 days, we'll see how God, you know, changes us, moves us, and, uh, and we'll begin to lay out our year. So I want to begin now with Ezra. And just to set the table for who Ezra is, you may not even know who Ezra is, but Ezra is a superstar. Ezra is one of the mighty men of God. In heaven, they're like, oh, it's Ezra, right? And you may think, well, well who was Ezra? Ezra was really born during the time when Israel was taken into Babylonian captivity. And then at the end of the Babylonian captivity, when, when the Persians took them over, Ezra helped a lot of these Jewish exiles that had been moved from Jerusalem, from Israel, over into Babylon and helped them go home. Now, Zerubbabel went before him. And so Zerubbabel, 80 years before Ezra did, helped over 42,000 of these Jews who were exiled in Babylon 
to make that 900-mile trip back to Jerusalem. And then God called Ezra to do it. Now, he equipped Ezra in three different ways. So God's equipping of Ezra, the first thing he did was he made him a scribe. Ezra loved the word of God. He hungered for more of the law of God. And so Ezra found himself just completely taken over by the words of God. And all he wanted to do was have more of them in his life. And so Ezra really is credited with writing First uh, and Second Chronicles, Ezra, and even Nehemiah. Now in the old manuscripts, Ezra and Nehemiah were, were one document that we have separated into two different books in our Bible. And then First and Second Chronicles was one document. Ezra is credited with all of that just because he hungered for what has God been doing? What is he doing? And what can he do if we allow him? So Ezra hungered for the word of God and he was focused on being obedient to it. He's like, it does not do you any good to know what the word of God is if you don't obey it. And so Ezra was really focused on obedience. And it showed itself, if you go back and read more of his story in the book of Ezra, you'll see as soon as he got back to Jerusalem, he looked at the behavior that he saw going on in the land and he just stood in front of the people and said, you are not being obedient. How can God bless you if you won't be obedient, you're asking for his blessing, but it really comes down to obedience. And so he was really focused on obedience. And then he really wanted to lead everybody else into hungering for more of the things of God. And so this was who he was. This was in his heart. This was his ministry. And so as we come into our story today, Ezra is about to lead 2,000 men and their families back on that 900-mile trip to Jerusalem. So when the Babylonians took over, they loved having slaves doing all slave labor. When the Persians captured and took over the Babylonians, they had a habit of sending exiles home. And so they gave permission for the Jewish family, as we know as Israel, to go back home. Zerubbabel took 42,000. Ezra is now taking an additional 2,000. He wanted more to go with him, but there were so many people who were just comfortable living in Persia, in Babylon and Persia. They're like, we have a good life here. We don't care that God's not here. I don't want to upset anything. I've got a nice, I've just got everything I need. And so I don't want to go back. And that really broke his heart. But of the 2,000 men and their families who wanted to go back, he led them back. And then when he got back to Jerusalem, he partnered with Nehemiah And if you remember, Nehemiah wanted to build the walls, and so he had a hammer in one hand and a sword in the other because of all the people who didn't want the walls of Jerusalem to be built or the temple to be built. But but Ezra partnered with Nehemiah, and they really brought about national spiritual revival. Just an amazing man. And so in today's message, he is about to lead these people on this spiritual journey from a place where they're not focused on God to a place where they are focused on God, to a place where they've been in slavery to a place that God prepared for them, called them all the way back from Moses and uh, Moses's day and Joshua's day. So they're going home. And so so he's going to give us the beginning point and why prayer and fasting is that beginning point. Chapter 8, we're going to look at verses 21 through 28. And there by the Ahava Canal, I gave orders for all of us to fast 
and humble ourselves before God, and we prayed. So here it is. He's like, the beginning point. We're going to start this journey. The goal is to be closer to God and to go home so that we can be God's people and do what he has called us to do. And the beginning point is fasting and praying that he would give us a safe journey and protect us, our children, our goods as we traveled. For I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to accompany us and protect us from enemies along the way. After all, we had told the king, our God's hand of protection is on all who worship him. But his fierce anger rages against those who abandon him. He's like, I'm a little embarrassed because I've said God's going to protect us. And then if I ask him to protect us, it's almost like I don't trust that God will do it. So... We fasted and earnestly prayed. Here it is again. If we're really going to say, God, we want you to lead us, then it begins with humbling ourselves, fasting and praying that he'll take care of us. And he heard our prayer. So I appointed 12 leaders of the priest, Sherebiah, Hashabiah, and 10 other priests. I'm glad he didn't name the other 10 priests or I would butcher them about like I did those two. To be in charge of transporting the silver, the gold, the gold bowls, the other, the other items that the king, his council and officials, and all the people of Israel had presented for the temple of God. And I weighed the treasures I gave them and found the totals to be as follows. 24 tons of silver, 75 pounds of silver articles, 7,500 pounds of gold, 20 gold bowls equal to the value of 1,000 gold coins and two fine articles of polished bronze as precious as gold. More than likely, these were from the king of Persia who allowed them to go back. And you can read about Artaxerxes and all that. You'll, you'll, it's the same story that you'll find in the book of Esther. And so all of this stuff went as just offerings to God. And I said to these priests, you and these treasures have been set apart as holy to the Lord. This silver and gold is a voluntary offering to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. I love this word voluntary. Everything about your prayer and fasting over the next 21 days is voluntary. You individually get to decide. Do you want more of God? Do you, are you willing to give up something? And if so, what is it? And it's whatever you choose. God will honor Whatever you choose. And so, in this passage, this short passage I gave you, I found and just kind of pulled out six different reasons why we pray and fast. So if you want to write them down, you can. At the very end, I have one slide that has all six on them. You can take your phones and take a picture of it if you want to remember it for the 21 days. But here we go. So why we pray and fast? Number one, to humble ourselves. And so it's really the beginning point. So if 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 Ezra was saying, man, we're really going to go and we're going to ask for God's protection, the first thing we have to do is believe it and act like it. And if I'm going to ask for more of God, I have to begin with wanting less of me. And so in the passage, he said, and humble ourselves before our God. And so he, he wanted them to fast and pray, but the goal was so that they would humble themselves before God. And I want to begin at, a, a, I don't want to, it's not about me, it's, it's about what God wants for me. And so my fasting and praying is just a symbol of what I want really out of my heart. I really want more of God and less of me. And for those of you who've been singing church hymns, 
you know, for a long time in your life, you remember that song, less of God, you know, less of self and more of thee, until finally it's like none of self and all of thee. Remember that song, that old hymn? That's what this is. How can I move from I sit on the throne of my life to God sits on the throne of my life and I just bow before him? And so that's the whole idea. And so that's a beginning point for prayer and fasting. Why should you participate in it? Well, because I need to recognize it's not about me. It really is about God's will, his call, his mission, what he wants for me and for his kingdom. Okay, number two. To invite God on our journey. So we're all on a journey, right? We've, and we all started at different points. For some of us, we're entering the twilight years of our journey. For others of you, you're just beginning your journey. And so whether you're just beginning the journey or near the end of the journey, from the sunrise to the sunset, the goal is to give God permission to not just join you on your journey but to direct your path to lead your journey and so as we begin just to look at inviting God on our journey we ask have we done that and so here it is again in verse 21 we prayed that he would give us a safe journey God we're going to give our journey to you and if we're going to make it from this side to the other side it's going to be because of you and so that's really a beginning point and so you can invite God on your journey, or you can leave him out. You can go your own way, or you can go God's way. And it shows itself in a lot of different ways. What I love about the Ribbles story is that they got a phone call, someone she hadn't talked to 15 years, you know, they, uh, it, it, it initiated a thought, a thought led to prayer, and, and, the, and conversations that, okay, we're not on the same page, but then the more they prayed, the more they just humbled themselves, the more they listened to God, the more God brought something that was di and created a different journey for your whole family, right? And so, have you invited God on your journey? And to what extent? Sometimes we just want God to rescue us. You know, God, I got it. Until the wind and the waves and, and the, you know, the ship's about to turn over and sink and then we cry out help me help me help me rescue me and as soon as he does it's like okay I got it from here and then we take you know if you I struggle with that I think maybe all of us struggle with that but it's like God I want to invite you on the journey of my life I want to invite you to take over my life I want to invite you to direct my path you to lead right and so that's why we pray and fast and then number three to see God's protection now, he's already talked about it, but he go, in verse 22, he talked about it even more. Remember, I was ashamed to ask the king and soldiers to, you know, to protect us because we had said, our God's hand of protection is on all who worship him. Do you believe God's hand of protection is on you? Do you believe that, like Moses, when he was faced, his back was against the Red Sea, the Egyptian army was facing him, and everybody's panicking, and they're like, let's just go home, let's surrender, let's throw the white flag. And Moses said, we're not going to do that. And they're like, we're going to stone Moses and get him out of the way. And then when Moses like, this is what you do. You stand still, you be silent, God will fight for you. The enemy you see today, you'll never see again. And so there's this, am, am I really going to try to, 
do what I feel like I need to do to protect myself? Or do I really believe that God's hand of protection is on those who worship him? And so this is why we humble ourselves. And so we, we begin to ask, okay, God, I know that you will. So I don't have to fight for it. I don't have to. You're, you're going to protect. You're going to lead. And he will. He just does. Okay? And so, but that's a, just a big decision. That, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the reins of my life and of the direction of my life. Number four, we pray and fast to strengthen our prayer life. And it's where, you know, this is where, okay, I'm giving up some food. Why would I give up food in fasting? Well, because my stomach's going to growl. And when my stomach growls, it's going to remind me of what's really important. I hunger and thirst for you, God. And so I'm going to give up something that I'm going to miss so that I can focus more on God. And it will strengthen your prayer life. It will lead you more to prayer. And once you begin praying and you find out, okay, we're not on the same page. Okay, we need to pray more. <laughs> we need to, I, I'm really struggling with this because this is something that I want. And for me to give it up, it's difficult. And so you'll spend more time in, and, and it really will. Listen, so we fasted and, I love this word, earnestly prayed. That God would take care of us and he heard our prayer. Now, is there a difference between praying and earnestly praying? Is there a difference between offering a prayer and crying out to God? Raise your hand if you know the difference. Have there been times in your life where you have cried out to God? Where you knew if God does not intervene, I'm not going to make it from here. There's a difference, isn't there? And so earnestly praying and I've got permission to just share this right now in the hospital Wayne Calhoun and for those of you who know Wayne and Gladys Calhoun you know their struggle and they're needing you to continue to pray for Wayne for those of you who don't know them Wayne has a rare blood disorder and it's very easy in cold weather for his blood to clot up and and as it clots up there's a lot of danger that comes with that and so it happens a lot, especially during the winter time. And so, you know, they've asked that we all pray, you know, for him. They've asked that, you know, so as I'm hearing the story, and, and so as she, she gave permission for this, you just need to know it was just last week that I get a call that Wayne, while he was in the hospital, and everything just stopped. The machine went off, and... There was no breath, no pulse, no life, no nothing. Uh, Gladys said it was for eight minutes. He had no breath, no oxygen. I don't, you know, I don't know how long it was. Uh, the nurse was in the room. They were doing everything. And then all of a sudden, he just came back. And this is their words, right? just their story. And, and they, the nurse asked him what happened. And his response was, I, I don't know. Uh, I died. And now I'm back. And she said, how do you know you died? And how do you know you're back? And he said, well, everything just went real calm and real peaceful and real bright. And then I hear these buzzers and I see you. <laughs> but Gladys is afraid she's about to lose her husband. And she is earnestly praying. 
right? So, even when my life is not in danger, I want to earnestly pray. I want to learn how to run after God in a more powerful way, even when everything is calm. And so prayer and fasting and, and just dedicating ourselves to that does that. Number five, to make more room for God. You know, this is where in this passage on verse 26 and 7, it's like, man, these people gave up a lot of this. Now, you remember, they're on their way on a journey. This money, this is how they paid for things. This is how they traded. This is how they ate. This is how they bought groceries, right? This is how they made it, just the, the same as you. And they get 24 tons of silver and all this, these articles and some of this gold. And, and some of it was from the king and, and some of his uh, council. But most of this was from those, that 2,000 men and their families who are going to be making this journey back. Now, their burden was lighter when they got rid of this, but their exposure you know, was now more delicate. And so they trusted God that we can give up the things that we're relying on for our security. We're trusting that God, when we give this up, will give us something greater back. And he did. And so I don't know what's important to you in your life. I don't know what it is that you rely on to make it day to day or what you find strength in or, or uh, power in or uh, any of those things. But, but whatever that is, my question is, would you be willing to give it up if you could get more of God in your life? And do you see that as a value? And so, and it really, it's only temporarily. God, God, he is asking us, if you humble yourself, I will lift you up. If you lift yourself up, I will humble you. Why? Because the goal is more of God. That's, that's what's going to get us to heaven. And so, this passage really is only asking, what is of value to you that you could temporarily give up as just putting it before God so that you can have more of him. Sometimes we give things up. And at the end of the 21 days, people have come back and said, you know what? Uh, I need to give that up for good. You know, and other times it's like I gave it up temporarily. And now as I take it back, I'm going to take it back in a different way than I did before. And God honors all of that. And so just another reason. And then the last one, to increase love and worship of God. And he said, you know, you set apart this as holy to the Lord. Everything we do is holy to the Lord. Everything we do is in, is in worship to God. You know, and Paul described it as that our daily life, our sacrifice is a worship to God. Whatever it is that you choose, and whenever you're giving up yourself to honor God, it's all worship. And it's all a voluntary offering to the Lord. To use your time, to use your gifts, to use your talent, to use whatever it is that God wants, you know, and just for him for his glory and for his good and it all is worship to God so here are the six to humble ourselves to invite God on our journey to seek God's protection to strengthen our prayer life to make more room for God to increase our love and worship all out of Ezra chapter 8 and as he was leading those people to learn how to begin giving God all of their heart he's also teaching us today and so today we enter our 21 days of prayer and I want to ask that we just begin to make more room for God and the things of God in our life. 
as we begin this. And may God bless you uh, as you participate. Now.